Hello, this is Martin McKay from the Network Security Podcast. And this is Chris John Riley from the Eurotrash Security Podcast. You're listening to the official podcast for the 26th Annual FIRST Conference, the 22nd through the 27th of June 2014 in Boston, Massachusetts. And now we join our interview in progress. Well, this is Martin and Chris, and we're talking to the gentleman who gave the presentation using anthropology to study security incident response. And rather than try to introduce you, gentlemen, and, and mangle a couple of names, I would like you to take a couple of seconds and introduce yourselves. We'll start with you, Raj. Hi, I'm Raj Rajgopalan. I'm a principal research scientist at Honeywell Research. Uh, my day job is to make sure that the products that Honeywell produces have adequate security designed into them. On the side, I also participate in this particular project, which is about how to make our security operations better. My name is Dan Moore. I work for HP in the Digital Investigation Services. I am the tech lead for the team. Basically, we provide incident response for uh, any of our ITO clients as they need it. I'm a collaborator on this, providing a little bit of insight into what works for us and the problems that we run into. My name is Simon O. Oh. I'm an associate professor at Kansas State University. My passion in my re research is to design better technologies to help security practitioners, in, in particular security analysts in security operation central and CSER teams. I think, Raj, that you're the one to, to start with is kind of how did this project come along? What were you trying to accomplish? And why anthropology and security? Where's the intersection there? It's a great question. Um, many years ago, we started out actually trying to help the Security Operations Center use some technologies that we were working on, specifically in intrusion detection. So we went to the SOC to actually look at how intrusion detection is used in practice, and we discovered that what we expected to see was not what was real at all. People in the Operations Center were actually operating to a completely different standard operating procedure from what we thought they were. Uh, in order to study that phenomenon better, we had to engage the services of an anthropologist because we realized that we really could not efficiently observe the SOC to figure out what is actually happening without some professional help in terms of embedding ourselves in the SOC, observing what they do, and learning what and how to record. Usually when I've been told I need professional help, it's meant something completely different. What did, how did that mean to a SOC? So we discovered that as technologists, we are terrible at actually watching people and figuring out why they did what they did. So I, I meant that professional help deliberately in that you need to become a professional observer, and we were amateurs at it. So we got the help of professional observers, who happened to be anthropologists, to actually figure out how it is that we observe, what we look for, and how do you record it. And then, Dan, you were the one actually under observation or your team? Or, no, uh, a, a different group under observation. Um, Raj and Simon would come to myself or, or others like myself to basically say, you know, you, how are you attempting to solve these problems? What are you doing? What do you need? And so on. And it's after a while comes down to a discussion of it, it's very goal oriented and what I expect out of one organization or what an organization expects out of me 
is is really dependent upon um, what we're trying to achieve, not necessarily how we're doing it. So everybody assumes that this problem is a technology problem. We're monitoring uh, computers. We're monitoring networks. Everything is technology. You assume the solutions lie in technology. And we're finding that that's not necessarily the case. We're not answering the right questions or we're not understanding what the needs are by applying technology. So it, it doesn't matter which organization you go to. You can get the results you need through vastly different mechanisms. Why is that? Why why doesn't one technology apply across the board? So does this mean that teams were using not really optimal methods in, in kind of monitoring and, and doing their jobs? Well, there's, there's a couple of different things to, to consider. When you're talking about monitoring, you're talking about collecting, aggregating, normalizing data and trying to understand the status of an infrastructure. And that's, that's kind of one piece of it. But what you do with that is, is a totally different expectation. How you achieve it, who's doing it, what knowledge you need to, to, to make that happen. Every, ind- every organization is different. Most individuals achieve the goals differently. So they may be using the tools that they're provided or they may be, may be making their own. Some of them are very manual. Some of them are very, uh, you know, I, I can run queries against a sim. Other people are hitting the boxes locally to find information. So it, it, it becomes less and less of a, I can apply a technology to answer this question as opposed to how does an individual answer the question. So, and then it, once you, you look at, okay, they're using different methods. How do you capture and convey that approach? How do you make you effective in your SOC and transfer that knowledge to somebody else effective in their SOC? Once you have a better understanding of how that works, we hope that there's a better way to apply the technology. Some, the, right now the technology is being built from the people who use or, or, uh, um, you know, basically it's like a programmer has a specific problem. Well, they're addressing a problem, and then they're bolting on more and more features as the product develops. Somebody says, I need X feature, I need Y feature. Next thing you know, you've got a whole bunch of blinking lights, but you're still not answering questions. You're, you're looking at uh, a feature-rich tool that doesn't address a problem. And so you, are you saying you're actually using the scientific method to prove that it's a people and process problem, not a technology problem? I'm going to pass it back to Raj. Uh, I think the answer is basically yes. We're, we're looking to, to better understand how you make, how you, how you normalize the expectations in a SOC and a CERT. And because nobody has a quick answer, I think we've got a pretty good, pretty good idea that <laughs> it is a people problem. I'll just add that you asked if it's a scientific methodology. Well, that may be up to debate, but it's definitely systematic. It's a systematic way of observing and recording people so that we really see what needs to be seen rather than get some superficial aspects of what's going on. And Simon, how did you influence this whole process and what was your role in it? So I've been very fortunate to get to know Roger very early on in my career. And I also worked with Dan for many years on how to design better intrusion detection tools to help security analysts like Dan and his colleague and Raj's colleague when he was working at HP. So what we found out in that process is it is extremely difficult to understand how human analysts do their jobs. I always had this feeling that I was so frustrated when I asked the question, I did not get a straight answer. Well, I did not really understand what they were trying to tell me. So it has been going on for many, many years. And, and Raj, at some point, a few years ago, started to talk to me about this idea of anthropology. I didn't really take it very seriously at the very beginning. And it's not it was until two years ago when we had a meeting with the whole project team when we were all in the same place. 
I started to see the, the really the essential point of this approach. And then when we were started to, to write about this approach, and I started to realize that actually anthropology, when I started to read more about anthropology, I realized the principles and the, the methods that anthropologists were taking is actually something that I have been thinking about for many, many years. And all my frustration, all the failures I have had in the past have already been very well summarized by the long history of anthropological study. And so sort of like I found a treasure in this, in this field, and I saw a very clear benefit of applying this methodology in studying the security operation. So I started to talk to the team that we should actually start working on, on this, and we are very uh, lucky to have the support of the National Science Foundation of U.S. to help us uh, carry out this field work to understand better socks. But it wasn't just about gaining the understanding. There was a feedback process from your study to the actual processes and the technology that were being employed. Was your goal to modify the technologies and the interfaces, or was it to modify the processes of the people in in these situations? Or was there not a goal either way? That is a great point. I would say uh, we have the goals on, on both fronts. We started out trying to focus on the technology side. We want to design better tools. And that turns out to be relying upon our understanding of the human part. And as we start to understand better the human side of the problem, we realize a big part of the problem is also on the organizational policy type of things. So that's, I would say, in the, you know, in the longer term, we would like to see you know, how two and human will interact so that the two can actually drive some changes in the procedure and workflows in a SOC to better help address the challenge. I'd like to just basically add, when you talk to somebody who is an incident analyst or a SOC person, and you ask them, how do you answer a question that's like, okay, how do you confirm that machine is compromised? How do you validate that alert? You're going to get a result or an answer that basically starts with, it depends. And that right there, <laughs> that right there in a nutshell is the problem. You're rarely going to get somebody who says, I open this tool. I go to this particular standard operating procedure. Because everything is so variable, the process for investigation, for validation, is dependent upon the individual. Okay, if it's dependent upon the individual and what their knowledge is, what their skill set is, how do you apply a technology to that? How do you develop a technology that normalizes the procedures that people use? How do you develop a technology that makes validation of any alert standard, investigation of any event standard? Because there's so much variability that is applied by the person we need to step back and look at what question are we actually asking? What process are we actually trying to establish? Yeah, all I would add is the anthropologists have a very nice way of saying this. So initially, humans shape the tools, but then eventually the tools shape the humans. So it's important to understand the deep interaction between humans and tools in that context in which it's happening. And our goal has been to understand that interaction better by understanding the perspective of the humans who are in that uh, context and trying to achieve whatever it is they're trying to do. 
So at some point, are you going to be offering up feedback to some of the tool developers so that we can actually get tools that are better fit, fitted for the processes that we want to use in incident response and actually just all across security? Because some of those tools do not shape good people. So the anthropologist will tell us that you should not drive your process with that goal. It would be a nice to have, but it's not how we actually structure our system. Our structure is to learn, to understand, and to figure out what is actually going on. We're not done yet, but when hopefully we'll get to a point where we can say, okay, now that we understand what's going on, this is a better way to build a tool or it's a better way to introduce a tool. We have some preliminary results now, which I presented today, but I wouldn't say that they are the definitive word on this. This is what we have observed so far. So we are currently looking to expand our anthropological fieldwork to more SOCs. So we invite participation from interested parties. Uh, if you run a SOC or if you work in a SOC, uh, which might be interested in working or adopting this methodology as a way to better understand the SOCs operation and potentially benefit from you know, tools developed through the field work or any guidance or suggestions on improved work efficiency, we would love to talk with you. We have a flyer that we distributed after talk, but they have all run out. We will have the electronic version. We would like to make it available on the talk's web page uh, in addition to the slides. So people can actually download the, the flyer and find the con contact information and, and then the flyer has information on what the part participating SOC need, needs to provide and what we will provide to make this happen. And there is also an email that people can communicate their interest and get more information. Well, I've been talking to the folks who gave the presentation using anthropology to study security incident response. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. This is Chris John Riley from the Eurotrash Security Podcast. And this is Martin McKay from the Network Security Podcast. You've been listening to the official first podcast for the 26th annual FIRST conference, June 22nd to the June 27th in Boston, Massachusetts. You can find out more at www.first.org. Thank you and goodbye, folks.